Hey everyone, it's Ouch. Listen, it's tough out there for us content creators anymore. You just trying to put up your own video reviewing your stupid games? All of a sudden, copyright strike. Like, you know what's going on with any of this. Well, this is why I implore you, check out the Bass Rebels. They provide great, free, copyright-free music you can use in your videos, live streams, or what I do, your podcasts. They do a lot of dance music, a lot of chill vibe music. They do some heavy bass stuff, but it's really good. Check out the link in the description of this episode or go to bassrebels.co.uk for more info. Lights, camera, microphone, this is what you've been watching. Hello everyone, this is your buddy and your pal, Ouch, and this is what you've been watching. Yeah, that's not going on the DVD. Well, I finally had to do it. In an effort to really try and get some content creation going, I had to go on a movie-watching binge. Except, for some reason, I had to do it just with Riff Tracks and Mystery Science Theater 3000 movies. I do consider it one of my favorite shows, and it's a real influence on my style and humor. But then, you do realize you have to sit through bad movies, even with your friends who are a lot funnier than you. On this episode, we are going to the granddaddy of all bad films. The Citizen Kane of crap. The Godfather of Jeez Louise. The Star Wars of... Seriously, you thought this was enough? When you're doing a movie podcast, at some point in time, you will have to watch and talk about Ed Wood's attempt at sci-fi, Plan 9 from Outer Space. It is safe to state that the grandchildren of some of the people in this dinner will not be born on Earth. They come from the bowels of hell. A transformed race of walking dead. Zombies guided by a master plan for complete domination of the Earth. Plan 9 from Outer Space. From 1957, Plan 9 from Outer Space is a sci-fi kind of a horror film? Written, directed, and produced by Ed Wood. In the movie, in an effort to stop humanity developing a fake science bomb that isn't real, aliens start with Plan 9, which involves raising an army of the living dead. Maybe this is just me, but does anyone else think that's strangely old-timey? Even in the movie, it shows that they have spaceships, science-y looking technology, there's even a disintegration ray that gets mentioned. But for some reason, they just wanted a little bit of rotting flesh in the mix. Really throws someone off their game plan, that rotting flesh. 
It's up to a lunkhead pilot, some grumpy detectives, some useless detectives, and some nameless army brass to try and stop the invasion. One of the things I really like is the overall goofiness of the aliens themselves. They have these outfits that are really just dance tights and poofy shirts from a renaissance festival. The leader of the aliens has a real Ed Grimley feeling to him for some reason. Plus, spoiler alert, the ending has this supposed super intelligent race of aliens flying away in their spaceship, which has caught on fire and explodes over vintage LA. There's something that just comes off as drama club amateurs with this entire alien ensemble. It's really entertaining. Now, for some reason, I think the stars featured in this film are a great cross-section of character actors in the 1950s. First, you have Tor Johnson, a former pro wrestler turned actor who basically did a lot of monster movies because he's the size of a monster. Watch out for his signature move, the double arm wailing motion, where he just kind of knocks people down with a ah, that's about it. Then you have Vampyra, the lead female ghoul. Aside from some possible kinetoscope reels of a TV show, this movie is practically the only proof she was an actual thing. Very much a prototype Betty Page or even Elvira, with the strange combo of horror and sexy going on. I mean, sexy for 1957, which, to today's standards, that's like going to a Starbucks at two in the afternoon. It's pretty tame. Then there's Bella Lugosi, the former Dracula who really didn't want to be Dracula, or any typecast monster movie character for that matter. The misconception is that Bella died during production of the movie, hence the stand-in who had to drape his cape over his face, because everyone would know that's not Lugosi there. Apparently, Ed Wood filmed a handful of shots before there was even a movie and wrote the script around these scenes. There's only about three actual scenes that feature Lugosi. The beginning funeral scene, a scene of Bella walking outside Tor Johnson's actual house, and a scene of Bella in what is clearly full Dracula attire walking out of a forest and then kinda walking back into the forest. Those three scenes begot this entire movie. I mean, work with what you got, I guess. Then, finally, you have the movie's narrator, Criswell, who I find to be fascinating. Basically, he was a Hollywood weirdo who had a lot of niche friends in town who started thinking he was psychic. He made a bunch of claims and predictions that are as off the wall as you can imagine. Things like a ray from outer space would hit Denver, Colorado and turn all the metal into rubber, causing catastrophic damages at theme parks. Things of that nature. But the one claim that he kinda did, kinda didn't get right, 
is that he claimed President John F. Kennedy would not run for re-election in 1964 because something bad was going to happen to him in 1963. It's a real broken clock is right twice a day kind of thing, but it is still a little bit eerie. Along the main stars, you have the usual cast of Ed Wood players. A lot of these actors were in other Ed Wood directed films, like Mystery Science Theater's The Sinister Urge, for example. For the most part, most of them are good line readers, but not great actors. The main character is this airplane pilot who sees the alien ship first, etc. Except that actor himself wasn't really thrilled with the script, so maybe he got a little lazy with some of his delivery? Especially with lines like, They hear, we know it! Or the strange parting words to comfort his wife, I'ma go Levitown. Little beats and characters like that kinda make the movie a comedy of errors. This attitude continues into the rest of the cast, who were either tired of Wood's BS, or they were just messing with him. The lead detective in the movie was doing this thing where he was pointing a gun all over the place, like scratching his forehead, adjusting his hat, pointing it at other people, telling them where to go, all inappropriate gun behavior. Just to see if Ed would notice it. And no, he didn't. Now, as much fun as I had spewing about the cast and the fun facts about them, that's about where the fun ends. Practically everything else about the movie is pretty painful. For example, this set is so cheap, it stands out like a misplaced tour guide. They really tried to make it look like a cemetery at night, complete with woeful trees and cheap styrofoam headstones. But the thing is, it just stops. You can tell there is a backdrop three feet behind them because none of the setting is actually in the background. And without really noticeable placeholders or visual cues, it becomes Fred Flintstone's living room, just walking past the same pieces over and over again. Then, mix the soundstage cheapness in with a lot of quick cuts and bad editing. The movie really tries to pretend that all of the actors are in the same scene, but I don't know if it was conflict scheduling or what, but it's rare when they actually appear in the same frame. You end up having nothing but jump cuts between three monsters and a helpless victim, but they all feel about 10 miles away from each other. It's really jarring and nearly headache inducing for a movie. Plus, out of all the errors in other departments, I think the script definitely needs a rewrite or at least a second pass through. Criswell basically rewrote his narration, making it more interesting than what Wood had written. Too bad he couldn't do that for the rest of the film. It really starts to fall apart near the end, where the humans and aliens finally have their confrontation aboard the spaceship. For some reason, this scene feels out of order. 
The aliens explain their ideology, then they kind of insult the humans, and then explain the science why they're trying to stop the humans. The whole section really needed a nip-tuck somewhere along the line. Overall, it's a bad movie, but I don't really hate it. Honestly, it's more goofy than anything, looking at it through 2022 lenses. It's one of those things where it has a place in Hollywood history. Granted, it may be for the wrong reasons than what Ed Wood had hoped for. I don't know if he was trying to make a statement, or was just trying to be an entertainer, or if it was just a case of happening in movie production form. All credit for where it's due, as cobbled together as this movie was, people still talk about it. Possibly on their podcasts. I'm gonna give Plan 9 from Outer Space a 4 out of 10. It's still watchable, and the colorized version really helps, although they didn't really do anything fun with it, like a reefer madness or stuff like that. The full movie is available for free on the Rift Tracks YouTube channel. I'll post a link in the description below. Once you watch it, let me know what you think. Head over to anchor.fm slash ouch and leave a message. Let me know what your thoughts were on the movie. You might hear them on a future episode. Well, that'll about do it for this time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ouchcast. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at JustOuch, capital J-U-S-T, capital A-E-W-C-H. Or send an email to ouch64 at gmail.com. And if you really want to show your appreciation, consider a monthly donation to this little old podcaster. Click on the link in the episode description to find out more. Until next time, everybody. You'll hear from me soon enough. Bye-bye.